Great to have you along for the moments that mattered. Round four's edition, Jack Heverin alongside the MVP of the league, Derek Rucker. Ruck, we don't always start with the game that we've just seen, but it's hard to ignore what we have just seen with the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. They beat Sydney for the second time this season and now move to second on the ladder. That was an amazing performance and one that I did not expect at all, but I shouldn't be surprised. Mm. The Jack Jumpers are a very intelligent basketball team. They know who they are, and they're one of the best coach, if not the best coach team in the competition. We saw outstanding shooting, defense, control, and, of course, a sublime performance from the MVP of the game, Jordan Crawford. Let's just go to the coaching before we talk about the individual performances. You said that in the coverage, and so did Brad Rosen, that it looked as though they turned up today completely aware of what they needed to do to win. Well, they lost their last game, and it was a disappointing loss down in Melbourne to the Phoenix, and it's a game that they thought they should have won. Scott Roth would have been emotionally charged after that loss. I'm sure practice was no fun, and you could see the determination when they came out here. I mentioned that the Kings didn't look like they were focused enough to take on the challenge that they were facing in this Jack Jumpers team. But perhaps, Jack, it was the fact that the Jack Jumpers were so finely tuned and sharpened and ready to win today and not so much about the Kings. Now, I know you want to talk about Milton Doyle. He is the MVP candidate of the league right now, but we're going to talk about Jordan Crawford first, particularly at the start of the fourth quarter when the game was there to be won. He went and made it his own. Well, part of being a great player is knowing when to insert your influence and Jordan Crawford has done that exceptionally well and we saw it today especially. The start of that fourth quarter he realized that he could make some plays and separate his team from the Kings as far as the scoreboard went and he did it. He was successful. You got to take some risk. He was willing to do it. He was willing to back himself and they got the results. And Milton Doyle to go with it. Well, he's, you know, you know how much I think of Milton <laughs> Doyle. He's just an outstanding player. And I like the fact that he can play with another brilliant player and still find his way into the game and impact the game and not try and detract from another player on his team who's doing really well. He's a selfless superstar. Okay, let me pose this to you, Derek. Everyone's got opinions each and every week, and but it feels like once again we're doing this dance with the Jack Jumpers where we're not rating them as highly as what we should. Do we just put all of that to bed right now on the moments that matter and say that this right here is a title contending team? Here's what it is, and I'm the primary perpetrator of this. Two weeks ago, I said they were the best team in the competition. Then they lost to Southeast <laughs> Melbourne Phoenix. And because of that victory, I dropped them and I go off them quickly. I don't think we go off of other teams as quickly as we do of, of the Jack Jumpers. And that's probably what you're alluding to. But I'm, I'm I'm staying firm now. This is a top two team in the competition. No, I think that's a fair call. Adelaide and Perth last night, there, there was going to be a big winner out of the game and there was going to be a big loser out of the game. And I'm talking about the coaches as much as the players right here. We'll start on the positive in the Adelaide 36ers. What does this win do for them and for CJ Bruton? It gives them some hope. You know, they had the big win uh, last weekend against Illawarra, but how much can you really put, look into that or how much value do you give to that win? But the victory against Perth, a rival, a team that was also hungry and semi-desperate for a victory, that was a big one. Mm. And they were down. They had to come back and get that win, and they finally got a win with DJ Vasilievich, which I think will do a lot in building their team chemistry and cohesion. So it was massive, and I'm sure C.J. Bruton feels a big sigh of relief. He's now got his second victory of the season, separate himself from the bottom of the pack yeah. a little bit. 
and, you know, maybe they've got some room to make some moves now. Does the big challenge now lie with them winning a second game in a row? It certainly does, but I think we also probably want to talk about purse situation. Let's go. And this is always a tough one because John really, I played with him for five years, but they're not getting it done out there, Jack. They look somewhat disjointed. Bryce Cotton is going to be a big focal point this year. We have rarely, this week, we have rarely seen Bryce deliver performances like this consecutively where he's looked out of whack. I received a lot of messages this morning before the game asking what's going on with Bryce Cotton. He looks tired. Some people are saying tired. Some people are saying he's starting to age. I'm like, he's 31. There's no <laughs> way Bryce is aging. If anything, perhaps his frustration that is leading to a little bit of a, a tightness. But he doesn't look like he's himself. And sometimes it takes a bit of time to get into a season. No two seasons are the same. There's still plenty of time to find himself. But right now, my eyebrows would be raised slightly. Tell, me, tell us what you saw last night. But watching at home, it felt like there was just a total disconnection. You've got Bryce obviously being the number one man, but Keanu Pinder's out there doing his thing. The Webster boys are out there doing their thing. Doolittle, Asha, little bits of other players as well. There just doesn't seem to be the connection that has become so synonymous with Perth teams. Well, there's a couple of things I'd like to address. One is the rebounding issue. They are a poor rebounding team, and they shouldn't be a poor rebounding team for the athletes that they have. They've just got to focus on the principles of rebounding a little bit better. But then, Jack, last year, John really made a bold move by benching Blanchfield and Mitch Norton. He put them on the bench. Ironically, they could probably use Mitch Norton right now. Yeah. I think they need Mitch Norton right now. And I thought the Webster's look really good at times, but they're not the same type of player that Mitch Norton is. They need that connector that you've talked about. And we saw Norton, in a losing effort, come out and play a decent game for Brisbane last night. And I think Bryce probably misses that type of player, a Damian Martin, a Mitch Norton, that other guy that's willing to go out there, bring the ball up the court, do all that dirty guard work, and right now that's absent in Perth. I would suggest that it's going to be a pretty tough week for John Rilly, the players and the Wildcats as an organisation this week because judging from the reactions from last night, from fans and from those in the know, Perth are going to be a big story this week. Well, there's no doubt John really is an intelligent basketball man. Now, he's only been in the head coaching position. He's new to this. It's going to take time. But I think he eventually is going to be a good coach. But whether or not it's with the Wildcats is probably out of his hands. If they don't continue, if they don't start winning basketball games, then his control in the situation slowly starts to decline. But I believe in John. I think he's got the talent to be a very good NBL coach. I went along last night to watch the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix take on Brisbane just as a fan, sat in the stands and just wanted to look at it from a different angle. What was pretty obvious that this is a different Phoenix team when Alan Williams is playing? Oh, they get those three imports, Mitch Creek, Craig Moeller. They're fine. They got Gak back. Now, all of a sudden, they look like a playoff contender. I'm not talking play-in. I'm saying play-off, top four, Jack. I think that's how they are. Now they got some confidence. Those guys are going to get healthier and healthier. Creek is having to work, but not too much. Yep. You know, he's, he's able just to play good quality basketball. And I think Mike Kelly's starting to gain confidence in what he's doing. Look. We were very excited over Tyler Cook, and he did a great job in his interim stint coming in for Hot Sauce Williams. But Sauce is the truth, too. Sauce can hoop. And watching Sauce last night, there's a certain energy that only he can bring. And as good as Tyler Cook was, 
Alan Williams, when that team really got going, it was on the back of Alan Williams from his play at both ends of the floor, but the revving up the crowd and just the little things like that. He's a very unique player. But he has a different level of investment in the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. He is emotionally invested not only in the Phoenix, but in this league. And you can see that he loves Australian culture. It's a totally different look. So I think that whole franchise and that fan base will really resonate off of his success and they can really build something. Unfortunately for the Bullets, pretty flat performance, and it's compounded by the fact that Shannon Scott looks to have a hamstring injury. Yeah, we saw him suffer a, a hamstring injury like this last year in the playoffs at a crucial time, but the Bullets have a huge week ahead of them. They go out to play against the aforementioned Perth Wildcats, and that, Jack, is turning out to be almost the oh. end-of-season game for yeah. one of them. The loser of that game, it's a wrap. I'm saying it right here. The loser of that game is done. And then on back of that, uh, Brisbane have to travel back home and take on this Jack Jumpers team on Sunday. Tough. Really, really tough. Melbourne played New Zealand today. Really entertaining game. Full credit to the Breakers who have been away. They rallied. They were clearly on tired legs and pushed Melbourne all the way. But United shared the ball. They gave everyone a look and they found a way to win. I really like their balance. And... I'm keen to see how this all looks with, when Matthew Dellavedova comes back because right now they're operating at a pretty good at a pretty good rate defensively, but offensively they look really balanced. The ball's popping. They're getting they're getting a good mix of perimeter and and interior play. And I think Dean Vickerman would be really pleased with the past three or four games from them. Um, as I said, they're clearly the benchmark in the competition. Yep. But talking about New Zealand, they get a chance now to go back to the crib, relax, get themselves ready again. And when teams go to New Zealand, that is going to be a very difficult place to play, especially given that they've already lost one to Brisbane. So they'll be on high alert. Modi Mayor will have them ready to defend that home court. Let's finish up with thumbs up and thumbs uh -oh. down. Uh, let's start with the positives. Thumbs up. Where's it going? I got to give it to the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. I like how they came back and got two victories. Look, they weren't over the greatest teams, but they were teams that they needed to beat handily, and that's exactly what they did. I'm rolling with Majuk Deng as my thumbs up this week. Maybe recency bias because we just saw him a few moments ago, but I think he's been one of the pickups of the season. And when you equate it in terms of spend, I think Majuk Deng's return on investment so far for Tasmania has been brilliant. He gives you so much from that four spot. You know, he's, he's long. He's 6'9", 6'10". He rebounds the ball better than you think. He's experienced. He will follow a game plan, and he knows how to put the ball in the bucket. He hit double figures here today and was vital coming off the bench to lead that Jack Jumpers bench. Thumbs down? Thumbs down. I'm going to go with the Illawarra Hawks. It's, it's, it's done. Again? I, yeah, again. <laughs> it's not good, Jack. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with the rotations. I don't understand who they're playing. You know what? At this point, play that young kid. Get him out there and let him run, run, let him run up and down the court a little bit. He did a couple of good things in that game, and then he wasn't seen again. I don't know what's going on. And some changes need to be made. I saw Jacob Jackman say that enough is enough, but I don't know what that applied to. What Enough is enough of what? All I'm seeing right now is a lot of L's, bad body language, and it's time. I'm not going to go all assault like your boy Damon Lowry did and want to grab somebody by the scruff of the neck. I'm not going there, but they need to have a hard look at themselves, sit around in a room in a circle and figure it out, and stop playing so many players. Play eight dudes. Get your eight 
best players, play them, and let's see what happens. Well, that was going to be my thumbs down, was AJ Johnson. He did a couple of nice things, and then we didn't see a lot of him. But uh, you just took the sledgehammer to Jacob Jacomas. So. What a, oh, I'm sorry. What about Trenton Flowers? <laughs> well, that's where I'm going to go instead. There's a couple of next stars that I think should be seeing more burn. And one of them is Trenton Flowers. Helped Adelaide win a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> And they've got a DNP on Saturday night. That was very surprising. And the same could be said for Alex Sarr. I thought Perth could have played Alex Sarr a lot more on Saturday. And this is always, this is always a thing. What happens when the going gets tough? What type of decision do your coaches make? Do they lose faith in youth? And this isn't an uncommon thing. It's not something that I would be worried about. I would be willing to let those guys get out there and experience that pain and see if they can pull themselves out because you might need them later on in the season. Well, what this round has shown is that there is a big difference between winning and losing in the Hungry Jacks NBL. It's going to be a great week for some and a pretty tough week at the office for some others. Thanks for being with us on the Moments That Mattered. We'll catch you next time.